Hello, my name is Alexander Krause. Alex for short, A for two short, and welcome to Big Tall Boys. Big Tall Boys, one name, one legend, and that legend is Alexander Krause, because today, as you can see on our podcast trajectory directories, this is the day of the Big Tall Boys movie premiere. That's right, this is the first premiere of many. This is the... Why did I say that? This is the first premiere of many. This is the first premiere. Okay, and that means in the future we're going to have more premieres. This could be very exciting and they're going to increase in excitement. Okay, I'm so... I'm I'm ecstatic. I'm elated. I'm bloody, I'm bloody, I'm bloody minced. I'm bloody minced. I'm out of my mind. I'm out of my gourd. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to be able to share this with you. You know, this movie's been a big... It's been a big journey for me, you know, coming up from nothing, growing, changing, evolving, growing, being, changing. And then one day I decided, hey, you know what? I'm going to make something of myself. I'm going to construct a podcast that's going to revolutionize the podcasting industry landscape. And from there, not much has, not, not much happened. But from after that, it was like, okay, what can I do differently? How can I change? How can I reconvene with myself and decide how I can be different. And what I decided to do was to do something that has never been done before, okay? Just point me to another podcast movie and I'll give you a dollar, okay? This is the very first ever podcast movie. Not an audio play, not a radio play, because this is premiering right now. I'm at the theater, okay? I'm about to go in. We're about to watch it. All the cast and crew are here, and we're so excited to be able to share in the memories we forged on set through the production, which we have now distributed through the help of Gary Clements and his projector. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Gary. You really came in through with that one. I'm excited. I'm just more than showing off, more than being like, hey, I put this thing together, and I'm great in it, and I wrote it and everything. I'm just excited that people are going to be able to see it. I'm excited that people are going to have a great night out with the family, you know, that they can look over to their best uh, best of their other, what's it called? The be, uh, what, what, what am I looking for? The significant other, their, their best of. They're looking over to their best of and they're saying, look, look, honey bunny, look, honey bunny, this is the night of our lives. We get dinner and a show. And sure, the dinner and the show aren't included together. Sure, we're just going to be watching the movie. Sure, the movie didn't amount to um, visuals or audio or anything. And it's just going to be Alex reading the script of the movie. But it's still a premiere. And we can get food afterwards, is what I'm saying. Everybody, you can get food afterwards. Let me hear you now. We can get food afterwards nobody really is picking up on that i did promise food at the event people are visibly hungry i can see a large man over there floating towards a waft of pie which i think only happens when you're destitute out on the streets like a rabbit dog (laughs) yeah 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 it's exciting it's exciting i think what that's what's in the air at the moment is excitement yeah, it's the same thing that people got excited for with Hamilton. It finally landed in Sydney, and then it took a similar trajectory to the first fleet. <laughs> Hamilton's pretty much the first fleet of musicals, if you think about it. It landed in Sydney, it went into the Botany Bay, and it was like, let's go up to Sydney Cove. Now let's head on down throughout the west of the land. Let's do it. Let's take over the world by storm. 
which is ironic given some of the subject matter of revolution of Hamilton. I think there's an interesting uh, line of interest there. But look, this isn't airing in Sydney, this movie. This move, this podcast movie is airing in Melbourne, in Her Majesty's Theatre. We've kicked out Hamilton for the night. We, we know that everything else is going on. We've got comedy festivals, yada, yada, yada. Melbourne is embracing the Big Tall Boys movie. What can I say? What can I say? And sure, they won't let me place flyers on the outskirts of town anymore, but I've placed them everywhere that I possibly can, okay? I think most of the advertising budget has gone into the videos we've been putting at the front of... uh, in the cinema. They do, like, the local ads in the cinema. If you've seen a movie in the past month, you would have seen me up there with my big old noggin talking about Big Tall Boys the movie and getting people amped. And guess what? I'm amped up, as in I'm hooked into this amp to deliver this audio content to you. And I'm just... I'm just have I said how excited I am? I'm honestly... There's no other word for it. There's maybe elated, sure. There's maybe um, giddy, yes. You know, perhaps I'm a little bit... Perhaps I'm a little bit, um, ah, uh, you know what? Maybe that's all the words. I was trying to reach for more. Maybe that's all of them. That's the three. That's the three. I think it's time to head in. I got my popcorn. I got my drinky drinks. I got my Maltesers. I like to put them inside the popcorn and swirl them around a bit. And it's going to be a little delicious treat as I watch, as I listen or watch or whatever this movie. I, I wasn't, I wasn't present in the editing bay, I'll be honest. I'm, I am, I do have slight concerns that perhaps, perhaps when I was relaying the script for what I want the movie to be, some people took that as that just being the movie and due to me paying them a small amount of money on, uh, TaskRabbit, which is a mixture between, uh, is it called TaskRabbit? Is it? Or Task something? Is it a mixture between two things or did I just name the actual thing? Is it called TaskRabbit? Or is it called ta- up up work? No, that's the writing one. The uh uh. <laughs> now I'm realizing if I don't know what it's called, did I really pay anybody? And I feel like I probably didn't. I feel like I didn't pay anybody. We're gonna jump in. We're gonna. I'm gonna go through these doors, and you're about to hear it. I'm so excited. This is Big Tall Boys the movie. <laughs> I'm, exci- I'm clapping. I'm clapping with excitement. Let's go. <clears throat> Interior, podcast studio, sunset. An empty desk, a dust-covered microphone, a rubbish bin filled with headphones. A door, D-A-W, doing whatever a door, D-A-W, does, D-O-E-S. We hear the sound of a door, D-O-O-R, creaking open, and a sliver of light cuts across this sad... Sad corner. The whirring of a desktop. A figure enters and runs their thumb over the microphone, wiping away the dust and revealing the bright red record light. Supertitle. Big. Tall. Boys. Ba-da-da-da-da. Music plays. Exterior city street sunrise. Kids are skating by an electronic store. People are getting off trams. A woman is carrying far too many shopping bags. It's the hustle bustle of the city in a movie. It's vibrant and alive and billed as a character. Emma Stone rushes with a cardboard tray of coffee as earbuds in. A swarm of businessmen get all up in her business, knocking her every which way. 
She gets into an illegally overloaded elevator and goes up to whatever floor she wishes to exit upon. Emma, this is where you get your say as a producer. You can pick a number. The receptionist gives her a look as Emma rushes into a glass-walled office. Emma's boss stands there, suited, mean, glasses. You're late. I'm sorry, Mr. Huckley. Did you bring me my tray of coffees? Emma nods and hands over the paper tray of four distinctly different coffees. The boss puts them onto the table and starts mixing them all together like an alchemist. Black coffee onto frappe, juice or strainer of a tea, etc. The man pauses, looking over the drinks. Where are the sugars? Oh, they were, uh, uh, you're fired. What? But I, over one tiny mistake? One tiny mistake? It's like you haven't seen any of my motivational posters, Emma. I can't even without my morning Joe. Mr. Harkley. No, I'm not Mr. Harkley to you anymore, Emma. I'm just another man with glasses. If only there was a cure. Mr. Harkley punches the wall and his motivational posters rattle and start smashing onto the carpet. Emma quietly goes to exit. Wait! You can keep your job. I... I I can? If and only if you can find me fresh new talent. These blasted Chinese investors want something outside the box that the mainstream media can't promise. If you can find someone who's fun and cool and chill enough to make people laugh, then you can keep your job. (laughs) I won't let you down, stranger. Emma... That's Mr. Harkley to you. Emma smiles as she heads out. Interior, mansion, sunset, a cobweb-filled pantheon to the gods, like that house in the Big Lebowski or Crazy Stupid Love. Note, ask Emma if we can use that house from Crazy Stupid Love, where she was raised by Ryan Gosling on set, and I think I read some trivia where she was, like, afraid of it, and she had, like, some sort of fear, and they had to use a body double, so maybe, um, approach that lightly. I've forgotten where we are. I think it's like an expensive house. Alexander Krauss enters in a bathrobe. He's the star of the film and paid accordingly. Everybody applauds. Alex walks up to his wall of podcasting awards. iHeartRadio's golden discs on the walls kind of shit. Gary! Gary Clements enters, projector under his arm. Do you need the goods, sir? No. Clean my mouth. But, sir... I said clean my mouth, Gary. Gary Clement gets out, Gary Clements gets out his dental hygiene equipment. So did you open your mail? Don't be coy, Gary. Just say what you want to say. There was a letter from Spotify. I don't do that anymore. They are hosting a banquet. I don't do that anymore, Gary. Alex wrestled the sucky hose out of his mouth like it's an IV drip in a hospital scene. He looks bad ass. The industry is corrupt. So you turn your back on it? You weren't there, Gary. You were busy with your family in Echuca. You don't understand. Have I not apologized enough? They were cool to me, Gary. They didn't say things. What didn't they say? They didn't say, and the award goes to Alexander Krauss. They barely had my name in their mouths. Well, give their mouths something to be full of. Spoken like a true dental hygienist. You don't understand the industry. I don't, but I understand you. And I understand that sometimes people can be wrong. That people can change. Gary holds Alex from behind, all hands gathering on Alex's chest, holding tight. I turned on the desktop. You did? 
just for a moment. And how did it feel? It felt good. It felt right. Interior, hall, sunrise, rows and rows of podcasters are lined up. Their chins raised, their posture perfect, each of them standing the perfect distance away from a microphone. All but one. A trembling lip, red hair, trying their best to be a podcaster but stepping out of line. Thump. They tremble. The clopping of heels along the floor. We pan up the legs attached to them, to the waist, up to the torso, respectfully, respectfully, and to the face of Emma Stone. She eyes the man that has stepped out of line. Name? The man mumbles out nothing. Name! Conan! <laughs> the Conan? Yes, yes, ma'am. I'm not a ma'am. And you are not a man. But, 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 but I... Out! Conan stumbles over himself. The others try to avert their gaze. The door slams shut. The group trembles in fear. You. Speak. Me? Speak! Hello, my name is Idris Elba and welcome to Louder! Hello, my name is Idris Elba and welcome to Louder! Hello, my name is Idris! The audio peaks, sparks fly, the lights go out. Get out. Me, miss? All of you. Get out! Interior, high-rise, sunset. The boss I forgot the name of. Did I give them a name? Stands at the head of the room. Before him, the room is littered with Chinese investors. Fuck, wait, it was Mr. Harkley. And that, my friends, is how we intend to get out of the red. The lead investor whispers something in Chinese to another guy who presumably will translate it. Which is confusing because we never saw the translation go the other way for Mr. Harkley's line, so I guess he understands English when spoken, but never speaks it himself. You promised us a star. The projections. The projections mean nothing if we have no image, Mr. Harkley. I have someone working on it. Someone I, I, someone I can trust. Someone who can find you the person you're looking for. I pray that this is true. And of course, remember our agreement. A bulky man thunks up a briefcase. They open it, but we don't see what's inside. Like Pulp Fiction, but better. I, is that? They close the briefcase and the group stands. The head investor steps forward with a sinister smile. You have 24 hours. Exterior, convenience store, night, half moon. I will not budge on this. It has to be half moon. Emma enters, walks her way to the back and sticks her head into the ice fridge, cooling off. After a beat, she turns, grabs a snack. Your choice, Emma. Again, make it your own. You're a producer and walks her way through the aisles. Ding, 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 ding. Someone has entered. Emma peers up to a security camera to spot a hooded figure, orcs caught in hand. Emma ducks down. The convenience store worker throws their hands up, then bolts, tripping over themselves. The hooded figure takes the aux cord and plugs it into the PA system. They produce a road with stabilizer and pop filter. They speak clearly and crisply into it. Emma, I know you are in here. Reveal yourself now and I'll go easy on you. Scratch that. We'll go easy on you. <laughs> Two more hooded figures enter. They peel back their hoods to reveal that the three of them are the hosts of Smartless. This town is only big enough for the three of us. You can't be going around finding talent. Willanut points Jason and Sean down the outer aisles. Emma watches them pass through rows of Doritos. The world has changed. Audio now reigns supreme and disrupting this chain of commands. Well, that's a good way to meet its leaders. And that's you? 
Emma stands up, the others freeze. Brave, but stupid. Willamette does a classic vampire screech, and points his fingers out. The others claw their way over the aisles. Emma grabs a sealed phone charger and rips out the cord. She swips it around her head, then throws it right at Sean's laptop. The Windows sound effects for plugging and unplugging a USB echo. Blip, bloop, blip, bloop, blip, bloop, blip, bloop. The audio vampires screech. <laughs> Emma runs out into the street, then runs off into the woods, being chased. Just take the Sherlock Holmes chase scene and put it right here. It'll be cheaper than what I want to do. Emma trips and rolls down a hill. She dusts herself off and looks out to find an old abandoned mansion. AK printed on the gate. We hear the faint melody of the Big Tall Boy's theme play in the background. Emma holds her hands out, smearing the gate in her blood. She collapses, and the screen goes black to convey this. Interior mansion living room, sunrise. Emma Stone jolts awake in a tastefully decorated living room. She holds her head and sits upright. You gave them hell back there. Emma turns to spot Alexander Krauss, cool, chill, and emerging through a doorway. Holy shit! Are you... Yes, I am Alexander Krauss. Alex for short. A for too short. The audience applauds this. How, how did... Emma holds to her side, blood spilling out. Alex rushes in and is helpful and doesn't gag and faint at the sight of Emma's wound. Everyone on set is very impressed. Please, don't move around too much. Why did you quit? Excuse me? Why did you... I heard you. This isn't about me. Maybe it is. Maybe everything is about you. Listen, I have a proposition. (laughs) Oh, great. Here I was hoping the person collapsed by my gate wasn't a salesman. Clean yourself up and get out. Alice goes to exit, but Emma is going to say something that will make him stop and think. Here that is. You saw it? What the audio streets look like without you? Sound vampires? Corporate greed? You may not want to anymore, but the world needs you. I need you. We would usually have more doubt here in a strong refusal of the call that gets upended by Alex having a strong transitional moment, but in the interest of moving this thing along, Alex does that and says this. When do we start? Interior recording studio, sunset still. Emma engineers from behind glass. Alex is in the booth, sitting uncomfortably. Just relax. It's, it's been a while. Just breathe. Hello, and welcome to, uh, well, uh, fuck! Alex gets up and throws his chair against the door. No one equates this to his onset presence. Emma sighs and goes to enter the booth. Gary is there too and stretches out his hand to stop her, as if Alex was the alien from Arrival and Emma was the only one able to communicate. Emma brushes Gary's hand away and goes inside, keeping her distance at first. Hey. Hey. Do you want to share something personal to ground yourself and to help me calm you down? Alex looks into the middle distance. I used to walk by this school in the north, one with this really tall fence. One day they kicked a round ball over while playing some sort of game. I used to play ball games all the time, and these kids just needed it back. So I did what I was trained to do. I I threw it, I kicked it, I volleyballed it with like an underarm motion, but... Regardless of what I did, I couldn't clear the fence. The kids made fun of me. And now... Now that's who I am. The guy who couldn't do it. 
Later, the kids graduated. There's more to this story? Much more. If this was a movie, they should be animating this section. We do that. It's animated. So where was I? Right, they graduated and I happened to be walking past the outdoor ceremony. They were receiving their certificates. At the end, they threw their hats into the air as per tradition. And one of them landed on the other side of the fence. They stared at me and knew I wouldn't be capable of throwing it. And I thought I couldn't do it, so I didn't try. But here's the thing. Maybe I could have made it. That I didn't make it back over the fence because I didn't believe in myself. Much like right now, where there's still much more to the story. Please do not interrupt me. I took the hat with me. Everywhere I went, and one day while walking past that school, I saw a reunion. All of the students had come back, all wearing their graduation caps and holding their favorite sporting balls. Except for one. The person to which I had the hat of. To which I couldn't kick the ball. I watched from behind that fence, that wall that separated our lives, and I noticed something. A door. The fence had a door for garden workers and maintenance staff. So I picked up the ball that was still laying there, and I got out the hat and delivered them both to this kid who had never had a chance in life. And they sang songs about them. They put on a parade. Everyone commented how clean their hat was and how round their ball too. I guess the moral of the story is, there's always a way. But perhaps it's not the one you're going to expect. What if I recorded with you? (laughs) What? What if the door in this circumstance is me? We see a montage of the two leads recording together, which we ripped from the film yesterday when they're recording at the train platform. Interior, high-rise, office. Alex and Emma sit in a glass-walled room. A cleaner is picking up shattered motivational poster glass. Mr. Harkley enters, eye patch on, under his glasses, covering a scar over his eye. Mr. Harkley, what happened to your eye? Please, Emma. We're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about the prodigal son returning. Well, if it isn't Alexander Krauss. Do you know me? Of course not. I merely knew of you. Your work precedes you, Alex, and any audio empire would be happy to have you. Unfortunately, you're too late. What? But we still have an hour left to... (sighs) Daylight savings. Darn it. But do not worry, for I have solved my problem on my own time. Mr. Harkley looks over to the briefcase, which is on his desk. But you know what? The more the merrier. What do you have? Well, we spent an entire montage recording new episodes for you, Mr. Hartley. Emma brings out a briefcase, but Alex stops her from sliding it over. You do not trust me. I've seen a lot of rotten deals. I'm not going to fall into another one. Why do you want the audio if you already got yours? You are very observant, Mr. Kraus. In enters the host of Smartless, encircling our duo. Hand over the briefcase. Mr. Hartley, what have you done? What have I done? What have I done? What has the world done? Every show now is celebrity garbage. Hosts from TV shows coming into our audio world and taking over. Pumping on to never fulfilling the promise of the medium. A place for the outcasts, for the rebels, for the me. Well, guess what? If everyone else is doing it, then I'm going to do it too. Ten minute segments, back to back ads. A celebrity host carried by a podcasting assistant who actually respects and understands the craft. It still doesn't explain why you want our briefcase of audio. 
Because what the smartest boys make up for in appeal, they lack in quality. I have aspirations beyond this business, you know. Sound waves. Sound waves have the ability to cure my condition. Mr. Hockley pulls back a big curtain, revealing a machine that doesn't look cheap at all. Well done, production. What, what is that? The sound to eyesight translator 1000. Thanks for telling us your plan, Hockley. It doesn't matter. There's nothing you can do. Really? Because to me, it feels like this is the time where we play our hand. Alex grabs the briefcase, and as it turns out, it's the one from Iron Man 2. He suits up in an extended sequence of metal twisting and turning, conforming to his body. The sound vampires close in. <laughs> Alex blasts them with high-powered poise. Pew, 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 pew. Alex turns to Harkley, who grabs and steals the audio arc reactor from Alex's chest. He turns and leaps out the window. Alex runs and dives out, flying through the air. Harkley removes his eye patch, revealing a laser eye. He shoots a bolt of energy down at his which spins and allows entry for him. Alex tries to follow, but crashes into the ground as it closes. Interior, Emma's living room, sunset. Alex wakes up in a reversal of what occurred earlier, holding his head and sitting upright. You're awake. Alex turns to spot Emma, as gorgeous as ever. <laughs> We have to. Alex tries to get up but falls back down in pain. Emma rushes to his side. You can't go. You have to rest. What follows is the classic medical healing sexual tension scene that you have seen a million times before. Emma cleans up Alex's wounds and it ends with the two of them inches away from kissing. Before Gary Clements enters. Alex! Fucking hell, Gary! I think you're going to want to see this. If this is vacation pictures again, I'm going to be pissed. Gary brings down a projector screen. On it, we see Mr. Harkley's face. So what? It's Mr. Harkley. Yes, but there's more. Gary types into a computer. We watch as a layer is turned off in Photoshop and the glasses on Harkley's face disappear. Alex's eyes widen as we see the reflection of the Photoshopping in his eyes. It can't be. It is. Who? Who is that? We see the completed image. A low droning sound plays as the face of Alex's high school bully, Chet, appears on screen. For listeners of the podcast, this makes perfect sense. But for anyone jumping into this movie without background information, this is really confusing. Chet. I should have known. My high school bully. I thought he died at a golden eye dam explosion. Apparently not. I should have known it was him. Mr. Harkley is an anagram for fake name. He was toying with us. I know where he's going. What? There was more to my personal story that I did not mention. Exterior, school fence, night. Emma and Alex stand at the fence. The floor is littered with balls. Alex is cutting through the chain link fence. Are you going to explain why we're here? Chet was there. What? That day when I couldn't get the ball over. Like, walking past, too? No. In the school. I... I I don't understand. I don't know if this contradicts anything I've set up before, but Chet was my high school bully. Because he was in high school when he bullied me. And you? I was just trying to kick a ball. An adult. A vulnerable adult. Alex, you're being so vulnerable right now. I know. It really grounds me. Alex cuts one final section of the chain link fence and has created a perfect circular opening. After you. Alex gets up and sidles around Emma, stumbling a bit as she waddles forward. 
Emma goes through the hole. Alex follows. Interior gymnasium night. Chet cackles, laughing as sound waves are extracted from the arc reactor into the machine. Soon my eyes will be perfect, my glasses no more. Everyone will start taking me seriously, cackle, cackle, cackle. Smart is. Will and the boys stand to attention. Make sure those pesky two don't make their way in here and destroy my machine. We are so close. Too late. Alex crashes through the glass ceiling. Everyone on set thinks it's brave of him and takes note of how in a similar sense the man is breaking the glass ceiling of the industry. Well, 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 we meet again. Smarties! Emma Stone crashes through from the canteen on a motorcycle. Don't worry, I've got them. You've handled Chet. The Smarties get on their own motorbikes and chase after Emma. Can you handle me, Alex? Shut up, Chet. Exterior city streets, the place where they shot Baby Driver, Sunset. If we film in the exact same location, people will call it a homage, and it might be easy to get sign off since it was already been scouted previously. This scene is a fast-paced action set piece. Each of the Smarties try to catch Emma, but she outsmarts them, pun intended, <laughs> through clever tricks based on their past acting roles. At the end, it looks like Will is going to catch Emma, but just before her bike crashes, she's lifted up by a helicopter. Will crashes into a parmesan truck and explodes. We see that the person who saved Emma was none other than Conan O'Brien. I'm always here for you, ma'am. Cut back to gymnasium. Sunset. We see a clock on the wall to help the audience know that no time has passed while Emma did her scene. Without this, we will not understand what is going on. I will not budge on this. Your plan is crazy. And your trajectory to reach this point is flimsy at best. An astute observation from the man who wrote the script. Cackle, cackle, cackle. How dare you utilize meta-commentary. That's my shtick, Chet. So what is your plan exactly? Show up and say, ha, I've got you. I'm the one with the arc reactor. I'm the one with the smarties. I'm the one who controls this industry. Who controls this town. I am the king of sound and you... You're not even good enough for video... Chet flips the switch on a giant circuit board thing. We see a model of the building with a radio antenna that shoots a beam of light up to a satellite. It's like you don't even know me at all, Chet. Did you? Of course I did. You're right. I am writing this script. And once again, I've withheld information from the narrative for dramatic effect. We see a black and white or sepia depiction of past events, whichever is cheaper. Interior, boardroom, sunset. We see silent depiction of what Alex is about to describe. You see, Chet, I know you wanted our briefcase, but what you also wanted was that audio money. We see Alex in a black spy suit doing sneaky shit. So, I swapped out my briefcase full of good sounds for all of your garbage ones. And in turn, the sounds of my beautiful voice, we cut back, Chet's face is in distraught, have been uploaded, distributed worldwide. And the one you just plugged into that satellite neural network thing, to the, the one that fixes your eyes, we haven't named it yet. Yeah, well, that nameless satellite system, it has the smartless audio. No! And guess what, Chet? What? For a little extra flair, I decide to include some Patreon video episodes in there with just Bateman hanging out. No! No, 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 no! You must be kidding! No one would do anything so cruel! You know what happens to eyes when they're exposed to video chat? What? Well, as the old saying goes, the camera adds 10 pounds. The beam from the satellite shoots down into Chet's pupils. 
Alex jumps and dives behind a barricade as splinters of colour shoot out in all directions. We see Emma look down from her helicopter at the event. Chet's body begins to go full Akira, twisting and morphing, losing control of itself. He stretches and shrinks and growths... Uh, and growths boil across his body, pus and blood and innards expanding and retracting. Then, pop. Interior, Sound Academy, sunset. Everyone stands at the front of the place ready to receive their awards, except for Alexander Krauss. Chewie goes up and has his medal stripped from him, because the rise of Skywalker giving him a medal is some meta fanservice bullshit that makes a joke of actual storytelling, and if they can bring Chewie back from the dead and spit on the grave of the extended canon, then I can dogpile onto his mythology to a point where the truth becomes incomprehensible and hearsay, you assholes. After which Conan gets an award. He turns to Emma, who is reluctant. It doesn't feel right without him here, you know? We hear the whir of a computer and the crowd looks over, across at Alexander Krauss, microphone held outright. Alex? The man turns to Gary Clements. Play the song. Gary plays a thumping beat utilising his projector, which I suppose can play sound. Emma runs over to Alex. They embrace passionately, if you're cool with that, Emma. Again, you're a producer and I don't want to overstep my bounds. The two ride off like the end of Greece while the others dance to a playing tune like the end of the 2016 Ghostbusters. The film has credits. And Alex is in them. The end. Thank you, yes, it is correct to applaud me. Well done, well done on the applause. Thank you so much, everybody, for coming out to this premiere. It's so exciting to see that people really enjoyed it and had a good time. There's a lot of twists and turns in that narrative, a lot of fun moments that I think everybody... It's good that it's good that we've reached the conclusion of this narrative arc that we've had over several episodes of this podcast. You know, I introduced this film thing just like on a whim and then end up amounting to like this full arc. Maybe this is something I'll do in the future for funsies, you know? I think this is good. We've finally... We've done it. I've made a podcast film. I'm a podcast superstar. Nobody can call me trash anymore, which they've been doing relentlessly online. I'm unstoppable. I'm unstoppable. I think that's what I've learned. I think that's what I learned from this film. And you know what? You know what? I think I'm just happy. I think I'm just happy that we're able to do this together. More than anything, this was a group effort. Everybody here in this theater. It was a group effort, you know? We had, we had Gary on the projector, okay? We had Lukowski on sound, of course. We had all these people that I, I've never mentioned on the show before that were working behind the scenes. And as you can see behind me in the credits, they're all being credited accordingly. We, of course, had Brett's. Thank you so much, Brett, for working on the credits. You really got that white text scrolling down over the black. And sure, it is. it doesn't look like regular credits. Sure, it looks a lot more like a PowerPoint slideshow and each name's coming in then fading and there's like a star transition to another name. But it's good, you know, like this is your first gig and I'm, I like that I was able to give people this opportunity to be a part of the industry. We're all beginners, we're all learning and growing together and in turn what we learn from this is that we are more than the sum of our parts. Yeah, yeah we are. We are, because together we are unstoppable. Peace and love. And now, I think the credits are now ending, so as they're ending, I think it's probably a good time to all sit back down and enjoy the long stretch of production company logos that all contributed just to round off the episode. 
There's going to be a long stretch of production companies that uh, contributed to the show. Actually, before I do that, let's say this. Uh, like, favorite, subscribe. Do all the things you do from the end of another podcast. But for this one, um, this week, share this to... Share this with Christopher Nolan. I think I've maybe shared previously with Christopher Nolan, but this time I want you to show that a film can be done that doesn't sound like dog shit, okay? I want you to send this to him, and I want you to say in the little blurb, in the little subject line, I want you to say, look, this this podcast movie is amazing, and it's done more than you have ever accomplished with your interstellar crap, okay? So you can try, and in turn... You will die. This is a threat. This is a threat. If we could all work together to threaten Christopher Nolan, that'd be great. Of course, this has been my plan from the start, is to take down Christopher Nolan. Okay, everybody, please return to your seats as we listen to all of the production companies give their little slogan with their little bits. Okay, here we go. This was an NBC Universal production, Universal Pictures. Focus Pictures, Hulu Documentary Films, Focus World, High Top Releasing, Working Title Films, Big Idea Entertainment, DreamWorks Animation, DreamWorks Classics, Illumination, Illumination Mad Gas, Universal Animation Studios, Amblin Partners, Carnival Films, NBC Universal Japan, United International Pictures, Universal 1440 Entertainment. This was a peak art production, Paramount Global, Paramount Pictures, Miramax, BET Films, CMT Films, Comedy Central Films, MTV Entertainment Studios, VH1 Productions, Nickelodeon Movies, Paramount Players, Avatar Studios, MTV Animation, Nickelodeon Animation Studio, Paramount Animation, Rainbow SBA, Awesomeness Films, CBS Productions, CBS Films, Mirage Pictures, Miramax Family, Paramount Digital Entertainment, United International Pictures, Paramount Plus, that's just a picture, whoops, Warner Media, Warner Bros. Pictures, New Line Cinema, Castle Rock Entertainment, True TV Films, CNN Films, HBO Films, DC Films, Country Network Movies, Country Network Studios, Wild Film Productions, Warner Animation Group, Warner Bros. Animation, Alloy Entertainment, Cinemax Films, Flagship Entertainment, Full Screen, Spyglass Media Group, Turner Entertainment, Walt Disney Studios, Walt Disney Pictures, 20th Century Studios, Searchlight Pictures, A&E Indie Films, Disney Nature, Hulu, Documentary Films, Nat Geo, Doc Films, Disney Channel, Original Movies, ESPN Films, Lucasfilm, Marvel Studios, Freeform Original Production, 20th Century Animation, Lucasfilm Animation, Marvel Animation, Pixar, Walt Disney Animation Studios, 20th Century Family Friends Digital Studio, A&E Films, Disney Picture India, Fox Star Studios, Marvel Entertainment, Regency Enterprises, UTV Motion Pictures, Vice Films, Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures, Walt Disney Studios, Sony Pictures Releasing, Sony Pictures, Columbia Pictures, TriStar Pictures, Sony Pictures Classics. Affirm Films, Funimation Films, Ghost Corps, Screen DMs, Stage 6 Films, Funimation Global Group, Crunchyroll LLC, Funimation UK and Ireland, Madhouse, Madman Anime Making Group, Crunchyroll Studios, Crunchyroll MEA, Kays, Sony Pictures Animation, Sony Pictures Imageworks, 3000 Pictures, Destination Films, Flatback Pictures, Sony Pictures Japan, Sony Pictures Releasing, Sony Pictures Family Entertainment, Sony Pictures Worldwide Acquisition, Strike Out Productions, Walt Disney Studios, Sony Pictures Releasing, Castle Rock Entertainment, Monogram Pictures, Alan Alice Pictures, New Line Cinema, Relatively Media, Orion Pictures, Avco Embassy, TriStar Pictures, DreamWorks Animation, DreamWorks Pictures, The Walt Disney Company, Slash Walt Disney Studios, Republican Pictures, Walt uh, Film District, Polygram Film Entertainment, Hodgson Entertainment, Overture Films, Summit Entertainment, The Cannon Group, Global World Entertainment, Miramax Films, Warren Traub Entertainment Group, CBS Films, and of course, the last one on the list, The Weinstein Company. There we go. There's all the production companies that helped work on the film. It was a joint effort. We had to get a lot of people in. Anyway, that's the end of this. Um, I know the film said it, but I'm saying it again. Play the song. Um, hi, can I get a big tall boy?